Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Aaron. The movie this week is Portrait of Jenny from 1948, directed by William Deterley. Let's just pretend I said that correctly. Written by Robert Nathan, Paul Osborne, and Peter Bernays. Starring Joseph Cotton, Jennifer Jones, Ethel Barrymore, Lillian Gish, Cecil. Kellaway and David Wayne. Not the director, David Wayne. It's spelled differently, okay? I know that's what you guys were thinking. You guys are big fans of Stella. Wet, hot American summer. As soon as you mentioned the name Wayne, I was thinking Wayne. Yes, he's one of the Wayne the brothers. brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the old man at the art studio oh. was one of the Wayne brothers. Alright. Jennifer Jones sounds like a Superman name or something mm. <laughs> like a Jessica Jones like comic a book Marvel movie. Comic. Yeah, that makes me wonder if it was a stage name. Oh. Well, yeah, probably. According to this, yeah, her birth name was Phyllis Lee Isley. Phyllis, you can't be a star with a name like Phyllis. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to look up to a Phyllis. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, always an Ivy out there. Room to, <laughs> all those Phyllis. All the Phyllis. We apologize to all the Phyllises out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's going on my business card, Aaron Cornelius, comic book employee, <laughs> I, Phyllis, uh, apologist. <laughs> on, on your tombstone. <laughs> Sorry, Phyllis. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. This movie Sorry. was selected Sorry. for us by the randomizer. Uh, actually, uh, the movie was selected for us as a science fiction movie. Now, it is. I'm just, no, how Come is on. this a science fiction Come movie? Come on. No. It's a fantasy. It's a do, we, do I start spoiling fantasy. it right now? Yes, go ahead. No, no, tell, well, tell I guess tell it me. is. No, you're right. Fantasy. It's, it's fantasy. No, no. I mean, give me an I have no argument. I have no argument to agree with you. You must have an argument. All I was going to say was the word time travel. Kind of. I mean, she's kind time? of. Time? She's displaced from time or something like that. Or is well, she like an angel? I'm not, I don't know. Well, all I know is that. Ah. Uh, <sighs> I don't want to go too deep into it yet. Yeah, I don't, I'll, I'll hold. I'll hold my my reasoning until okay, later so time. You, Your Honor, you think you can defend it? And what about yeah, you? Do you think it's know. science fiction? Maybe. Okay. I'm saying no. Sarah says maybe, and says also maybe. Well, because we'll now, now you got me it. thinking, Joel. Mm-hmm. Very good. I was very. Yeah, I was pretty. Opinion. That's the, for about three minutes. That's the goal of this movie to or this podcast is to get Aaron thinking. Ah. Only good luck. Before we get into the movie, though, I'm going to share with you guys a little thing we got on iTunes. A new review from somebody who is called, let's see, where does it say? Raging Brain E-Reg. 
Five stars. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Or madam. Says, best movie podcast out there. Reminds me of all the weekends I spent watching sci-fi original movies with friends. Nice. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you very much. I, I really, that, I mean, that's, that just makes you feel really good to get something like that. Even even if it's from our next door neighbor or something like that. No, I don't think <laughs> it's. <laughs> Does he describe himself as a raging brain? It's a, yes. He's, okay. Yes, he's always going, would you like to see my raging brain? No, that's okay, man. Does he describe himself as having a barbarian rage? Oh. <laughs> could be that guy. What's his name? Frank? I'm no. just kidding. I don't know who it that's, is, but uh, I appreciate it all the same. Thank you very much. So this movie is about a man who has a calling. He he he's very much like somebody we know, somebody who is is focused on their work. And it's it, it's important to them to the point where where hunger, where sleep, where other things are are just not something that they feel like they ever need to complain about because as long as they can find inspiration, you know, as long as somebody is there, uh, you know, uh, or as long as they can continue to work, that's the most important thing. I, of course, am talking about Aaron. Aaron, um, this tell us about up. these goblins you like to draw. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I'm just kidding. I just, the character did remind me of Sarah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Although she is not... You know, kind of homeless, like this guy was. Sleeping on park benches. <laughs> hey, this guy had a sweet studio, probably in Greenwich Village, with like a view and a and windows in the ceiling that had drapes over them that he could <laughs> close. No, um, yeah, I found myself personally resonating with the character a little bit. Kind of, he felt like a dreamer and a philosopher, and he also kind of seemed like a Somebody that just was grateful for everything that he saw and was able to get a feeling from and, and work from and be inspired by. And I, I definitely relate to that. But his peculiar <laughs> dilemma in this movie, I'm not as familiar with. I have kind of been obsessive at points in my life, but... Not to the degree he gets obsessed with this character. <laughs> he got two little boosts right when it seemed like he needed it. I mean, he's already yeah. trying to sell his work wherever he can, but he had somebody who actually took the time to look at his stuff and say, you know, I see something I do like here, so I'm going to compliment your work and I'm actually going to purchase this. Uh, you know, this is there's no life in these these other paintings I'm seeing. So maybe you need to figure out what you're missing. And then the actual future part of this, or no, no, the science fiction, no, the fantasy, no, 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 fantasy. Okay, Doctor Let's Who go fantasy. shows up. Yeah, <laughs> and like, let me take you to a magical world. That's what Doctor Who says, right? Every episode. Maybe she has a TARDIS. That's true. I think she's she's the she's the doctor's wait. granddaughter. I can't wait to listen to your um minute by minute Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing this for the the rest of my life. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> I have to build my own TARDIS so I can go back and save those film reels or whatever. The originals. Oh, I just figured you'd just make up like no, yeah. the middle parts. And then the third doctor said, Let me take you to our magical world. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> 
podcast of like hypothetical Doctor Who Joel shows. speculative yeah. Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> you guys are making fun of this. This probably exists. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I'm just I saying. I would be interested to hear what you think of Doctor Who I would episode. Listen, I would listen to like. your speculative Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> well, it all starts off with uh, this artist who goes to a park and sees a young girl. I mean, she's supposed to be a young girl. She's dressed, she's dressed like a young girl. Playing in the snow, and he's like, hey, where are your parents, you little freak? Did they, like, intentionally shoot her much shorter in this scene? If Probably. that makes sense? They did that a couple of times. Did you guys right? notice that? Okay. I didn't really, mm. but um, now that you pointed out, I can see why they would have. And she doesn't get much taller. But well, I just feel that by the end she's at least seeing eye to eye, like almost yeah. physically. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, before it seems like she's like, and maybe at his like shoulders length. That's the magic of filmmaking, Aaron. They put her in little girl's clothes and tell her to say things that they think a little girl will say, and and they it, make it definitely comes off smile. not creepy. No. Wait, was she the creepy one or was he I the don't creepy know. one? No, actually, I, I didn't get the creep vibe at first. It, there was a couple lines that that were a bit alarming, but I, I mean, like you're you're following this character and you know that that he's not a creep. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if it'd fly in the 2000s asking a small girl if you can go to her house with her. Just right. Saying. Just saying. Right. What's wrong with that, Aaron? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> I will stop myself right away. <laughs> I'm surprised that it was so well made. The movie yeah. was had really cool visuals and was really well made and well acted. And and I had never heard of it before. And I kind of like to watch old movies. Yeah, I haven't heard of it before either. But I get the feeling that it is kind of a well known movie just based on like the stuff I was looking up, like articles and uh if you look at a bunch of these guys like film libraries it's all in there like the on imdb at least their top four movies. oh really I don't, I don't know what that means necessarily wow. but i kind of think it means like how many people have seen you know like the popularity of it yeah yeah well i i don't know if my mom knows of it she might but i know my grandmother would know of it i just Maybe she forgot about it because she's never talked to me about it before. Mm. It's not. I don't, I don't know. Would you Would you call your your grandmother usually holds on to movies that have a little more substance? I feel like I don't know. I mean this this movie was going for substance. Yeah, like, that's true. It's a little bit more philosophical than moral. Right. And I, I think she does like movies that have more of like a, a message that's more serious, you know? Yeah. I wonder how the original short story ended because I, I've like, not, not to skip right away to the ending, but it has a happy, happy ish ending at this. You know, we're supposed to be like, well, he's finally made it. And uh, we don't know what happened to Jenny. Well, we'll get we'll get to that as we explain what happens. But it, it seems like the kind of story that could have had like a dark ending. Like somebody could have taken that and been like, and after that he was a shell of a man who never spoke to anyone, and he was only known for the one great painting he ever did, the portrait 
of I Dream of Jeannie. I mean, Jenny. I feel that that would have been a more modern interpretation of this movie. Right. Probably go with the disastrous ending. Yeah, I felt like maybe he'd be like a drunk, like a miserable old alcoholic who is just like upset with the way things turned out. Yep. But I also felt like maybe it was going to try to do... I was trying to guess how the movie was going to end very early on. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were too, but they were throwing us some major hints about something that did not turn out to be the situation. Right. So early on, he has a patron who's paying him for some art, and there's an older woman that's there, and she says something to the... He says he likes her eyes. He compliments her on her eyes. And then she kind of starts to act like the girl is familiar after he starts sketching her. And then... What so, oh, you were thinking that maybe it was going to twist? Early on, I thought that the older woman was her. Ah, I see. Because she said... Oh, dang. That would have been... Because she said that he reminded her of a bow that she had when she was young. Oh? Uh? No, he, she was just hoping that he'd, you know, get with her. You know? Wishful thinking. Throw, throw this old lady one last time before she goes to, I don't know, the tea shop? I, I don't know. He also had her holding the <laughs> scarf at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I'm not the only person who's thought that before. Like, maybe it was you were supposed to think that. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. It was just that the way that she was was, was always interacting with him, I, I felt that there was more there mm -hmm. than what was leading on. Yeah. At least from my perspective. And also, there's this part where, um, uh, you know, they call her Spinny. Yeah. And the whole time, like, she keeps saying, like, I hope you'll wait for me. I hope you'll wait for me. And she's getting older and older. And I was thinking, what if they're calling her Spinny because she's a spinster? Mm. Like, maybe time went by and she's older than she expected to be. These are hypotheses I wrote down. I said, Jenny is immortal. I said, Jenny is the old lady. Uh, she's a tuck everlasting. I said, <laughs> uh, deja vu in the future. Uh, there was something else I noticed, like, about the older woman. The older woman must know that it's him. Is she going by a different name? That's when you were still trying to piece together whether or not. It was, was her. Woman. Yeah. I see. That, that lady is just one of the several wise people that this guy has. This guy's lucky. He's got he's got her. Right. He's got his mechanic buddy who, you know, gets him his job painting the mural and also has plenty of wise advice that his mother once gave him about if you've got snot in your nose, then you've got hair on your armpit or, or what, you know, you've got food in your belly, you've got no thoughts in your head. Got lasers in your eyes. Got a tail between your legs. These all sound like they came from this movie. Yes. <laughs> Very true, Joel. My true mother once told me. No, I don't know. <laughs> and then the other wise person he has in his life, uh, or just just briefly, is that uh, mother Mother Mary that he goes to see. 
played by Lillian Gish, who is a silent film star who lived to be 99 years old. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, he had a lot of people who were wise around him, and I feel like he he cherished a lot that, that, you know, that things just existed. I got the impression that he was just happy that she existed. And I've definitely felt that way before. Then I wrote that this is an accurate representation of the artist's struggle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he does seem kind of one-dimensional when it comes to what he desires in life. Like, he doesn't, he's very aimless in the beginning, right? Until he meets Jenny. And then all of a sudden, this this becomes an obsession of his, although he's not sure that what he's, like, in the beginning, he's doubting what he was seeing. You know, this, this is a crazy person, or they didn't, you know, they were pulling a trick on me, or something like that. And then the next time they see them, or he sees her at the ice skating rink, when uh, uh, the angel comes down and does all those tricks, or, no, no, I'm mixing it up with the bishop's wife, never mind. Uh, what happens? They never say angel, and I kind of like that. No, no, I don't think she was supposed to be. But I think the beginning of the movie is very like, and God said that you will enjoy this movie. <laughs> <laughs> David O. Selznick was standing on a chair. There was one moment, I don't know if this is jumping narrative a bit. How dare you? I know, I know. How dare I? How dare I? But uh, um, there's a moment where, like, the music was kind of leading us to believe that this film was was going to get a little spooky. And it was like when, when our main character, Adams, was uh, walking through a tunnel. And there's kind of the, the dark silhouette of a woman at the end of it. And the, the music kind of goes a little spooky there. And then, you know, then they then you, of course, it finds out it's, it's, it's Jenny after a, a long, you know, a long time of not seeing her. But it was a really interesting moment because it was like, like an old, timely jump scare. <laughs> yeah, the music was like, whoa, what's happening? Or she's gonna get me. Oh, it's my friend Jenny, never mind. Yep. Sometimes it bugs me when there's as much strings as there were in this soundtrack. Like <laughs> just because I feel like they're trying to make it like sentimental and romantic. Oh yeah. And, and it just sometimes it becomes a little heavy handed for me. But I did think that the music was good anyway. I appreciate soundtracks that are, are almost exclusively strings as opposed to, like, the modern-day soundtracks that are trying to make us feel a certain way tend to have, like, horn and guitar and the strings and maybe even the piano going on all. Like, like they're using the full measure of the orchestra. It's like, back then, I feel like it was kind of a, a cheapy thing. Like, we have we have a violin, we have a cello, blah, blah, blah. So our entire soundtrack is going to be based around these instruments. And it's, I, I mean, that's just, it's just a classic, you know, thing. So, like, if I hear that, I feel like, oh, this, I'm watching something classic. So I don't necessarily mean it's good or anything like that. I, I, it just makes me feel like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm watching a movie from the 40s. This is what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> you said you liked the soundtrack. I did. Or the I score, did. rather. Mm -hmm. right? The score? I think it's fun. I think it's... Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just a sap for for this sort of style. Uh, and I, I guess maybe it's just that I haven't really experienced much of it lately. So mm. it's no, kind yeah. of a nice, refreshing uh, listen. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, I think it does have kind of a sentimental place in, in people's hearts. I feel like it's like in a lot of old classic Christmas movies and stuff. Like, I, I feel like it is classic, but I, yeah. Anyway, maybe I've just heard it too much recently. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yep. All those black and white movies you've been watching without me. Stop it. Only watch movies when I'm here. Those are the rules. I kind of miss watching Turner Turner Classic Movies. It used to be yeah. a fun channel. Yeah. I never had that. Or maybe I just wasn't watching them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what my mom does. She watches that stuff all day. She never leaves the house. She's a shut-in. Anyway, this movie... <laughs> is... <laughs> hey, she doesn't listen to this podcast as well. I feel like that that statement should have had some old timey sad music in the background mm-hmm. of it. Strings all you were saying, in. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I was looking, just looking off camera. Yep, yeah. When people say the tiniest violin, that's the music that I hear in my head. <laughs> Is that music that like want you know emotional violin music? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> That's so, pretty good. <laughs> so when it, the the fantasy is coming around with this, as we've kind of already said, like Jenny is a character who is she seems to be unstuck in time. That's, it, that's what it is. She's appearing to only to Joseph Cotton's character. Um, no one else sees her, right? Like no one else acknowledges that she exists. Like even when the older lady shows up at the ice rink, he's like, "Oh, I was just seeing my friend go away." It's like. That was another indicator, mm-hmm. was that I thought, oh my gosh, is she going to be able to see herself, like, if that's her, and then she was disappeared when she looked? Yeah. Like, two pe- like you couldn't see yourself at, at the same time, a different version of you, but- Like time cop. I mean, later there's the nuns and stuff that- yeah, the, the nuns on the run. That interact with her. Right. Well, they don't act, wait, with who? With Jenny? No, they don't. She never talks to a single one of them. So you're saying this is like a fight club situation? Yeah. I'm saying he's having a stroke, and <laughs> he's the last things he's seen right before he dies. Is She's an imaginary friend? Yeah. He is a crazy person. I speculated a lot of different options for this. I speculated she was a ghost. Yeah. I speculated that she existed the same in certain places mm. frozen in time yeah and i also speculated that she made a pact with the devil nice to grow up faster yeah they should have so the that one. she could be with him sarah you wrote a better movie <laughs> <laughs> said, the last director nothing I against mean. this movie but sarah you wrote a way better <laughs> this director also did Devil yeah, and Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Webster. Webster. So he's he's used to having devils on this. <laughs> How would you be in this one? Every time we see Jenny, she is playing a little bit older. It's always the same actress. They they there's one point where she does finally get into like the typical 1940s starlet like adult woman phase you know, with the hairstyle and the way she's doing her voice and stuff like that. I think that's like the second to last time we see her, though, right? When he like finishes the portrait. Yeah, I I think that 
It's it's time is very strange. He's he's existing in one timeline and it seems like she's existing in a different one because not only when he first meets her is she supposed to be from a long long time ago earlier like maybe 30 years earlier but she he'll he will have not seen her for maybe a few days or a month and she'll be years older in that time. And I feel like there are some movies, like, now, some, like, modern movies that do that kind of thing, like The tra- Time Traveler's Wife. and That's the movie I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, and, like, uh, what's that one called? About Time? The yeah. one where he can jump through time, and then, yeah, there's a couple other ones like that, Quite where... Oh, I'm missing a good one. I just almost thought of it. But anyway, yeah. Now I think it's something that was that has been tried a few different ways, but I feel like then it was like pretty new probably. Yeah. Well, I wonder when the the short story came out cuz that's it says it's based on a novella. So, I don't even know how long that means. Oh, dang. It is. So, okay, okay. So, he's getting He's become obsessed with her, Joseph Conn's character, whose name is Eben, as in the Eben color of the night sky. No, I don't know. Like Eben? Eben, yes. <laughs> I like just Eben, said. the actress from High Fidelity. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. He's working on a mural. He's not. He can't focus on anything else except for Jenny. He's he's like chasing her down. He's like trying to find leads. Like one time she mentioned that she was going to a nunnery, right? Like, oh, I'll go over there. Oh, she was there. You know, this time. But later he'll try to go to the same places, and she's just not. She just won't appear. The, 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 this was the ab- the factual evidence that, that led me to believe that Jenny existed because. As he's interact as uh, Eben or Adams, that's his last name, uh, was interacting with people. Mm-hmm. I just felt that, uh, that you know, she was, became more real and real uh, than than just you know a fictional character that he was imagining. Like at first, I was like, oh, he's he's just he's not great. all there. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is an artist who. <laughs> He's got that lead in the pain he's been using. Yeah, he's, just, he's living an illusionary life. Right, <laughs> his know. brain cells. But uh, but when he keeps interacting with these people and finding out all these facts about her, that that's when I was led to believe that uh, that she existed. Yeah, I feel like they don't make it easy for you to understand. It's definitely kind of a mysterious story. And he becomes really fixated on her, like you were saying, and he's just following, like, every detail that he can to try and find her. It's kind of funny that he becomes so inspired by her and so kind of obsessed, because they haven't had very much interaction with each other. But there was something different about her, I guess, that stuck with him, and... Yeah. You know, something he hadn't experienced before. The thing that possibly, like, like we said in the beginning, he was missing. That, that spark that didn't show in any of his work other, other than the, maybe the flowers that he had painted before. Cause when he does, he does a, a sketch of Jenny and he sells that right away. You know, he's got 25 hot dollars in his hands 
twenty-five dollars back in nineteen forty-eight. You know, that was like a thousand dollars, enough to buy lunch for you and your mechanic friend. Have either of you seen that movie, Michael Collins, starring? I think it's called Michael Collins. Is that what it is? Uh, starring um, Liam Neeson. Now I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Because he, he gets brought up several times because there's there's a bar owned by an Irishman. And he's going to have Eben paint a mural of Michael Collins holding the holding shotgun. Oh, no, ready to I lead never the charge. saw hmm? I never saw it. Ah, I see. I wonder if he dies, probably. Yeah, I had a note. There's a lot of Irish pride in this movie. <laughs> it's a oh, yeah. damn time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I th- it was funny that whenever he was talking to the mechanic, it was, you know, just regular talk. But whenever the mechanic was talking to the guy who owned the bar, all of a sudden he turned up his Irish like, oh, no, I don't think you could be doing that. You know? <laughs> Say, have you ever thought about having a painting on the wall here? <laughs> like, yeah, put that on. So, okay, okay, let's let's just skip forward in the story here. He, he runs into Jenny several times. They're They're getting closer. He does start painting an actual portrait of her at one point when she's older, and uh, he's obviously head over heels for this for this woman. And it gets to the point where she is a, a grown woman, and he finishes the the painting of her, and they you know they like confess their love for each other. You know they they. You know, uh, they kiss a couple of times and stuff like that. But she has a bad habit of disappearing. This is like when he's finishing the painting, she falls asleep and he's he like rushes over like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, are you like, I don't know. He's afraid she was going to disappear, die or disappear yeah. right in front of her. That doesn't happen. Does wake up. But eventually she disappears. She does again. Disappear. <laughs> yeah. She does a lot of off camera disappearing, right? Yeah. She's aware something's wrong, you know, or that something's funny because every time she looks at the painting, he's done paintings of these like ocean scenes or these scenes with a a at this place called Land's End where there's a, a lone what's that thing called? A uh, lighthouse. Lighthouse. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like in my brain. I see what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, and. It's, yeah, every time she looks at it, all of a sudden she's like, it frightens me. There's there's something on about that. You know, I, I can't make fun of anybody's acting. I think everybody was really good in this movie. Top notch. But it's almost like he knew something, too, if he was painting that so much. Yeah. They don't really explain that, but it's kind of like he knows that she's going to end up there. Or he might not know, but he's just painting it. He's compelled to paint it. Right. He might have known. And she, felt drawn to it. And she's upset by it, even though she doesn't know. Where did she come from? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by it now. Her parents were tra- trapeze artists, and they high wire, high wire walkers. Yes, acrobats. Mm-hmm. And their wire snapped. They fell and died. They were known as the Flying Graysons. That's right. And she became Robin. Nightwing. <laughs> but she she's from <laughs> long ago. She became Aquaman. <laughs> no, it's not sad. Don't lie. Don't, don't cry. Sorry. No, that's fine. 
even if she was living from that time. Yes. She would be much older. Oh, how old do you think she was when she, um, that's, I mean, let's, yeah, so, Joseph, after the last time she disappears, Joseph Cotton finds out from Mother, Mother Mary came to him, or maybe it's right before this happens, but she finds out that, uh, Jenny died. Like, she, she has been dead for, she says, like, for what, 30 years or something like that. And... She he finds out that she was out boating at Land's End, and a, a storm came in, and a large wave came in and smashed her boat against the rocks. And it was a weave, like from the scriptures, huh? It was weave. It was weave. Oh, like from the scriptures, a weave. Hi. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just a weave. Just a weave. Mm. This is not the accent house. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jane. No, that's okay. I'm just an apologist tonight. You're entitled. Phyllis, we're so sorry. All the Phyllises. Phyllis. Will you ever forgive us? I hope they do. Mm. Nope. I apologize to the Irish. No, I'm just kidding. You can send all your, your angry mail to um, <laughs> uh, outerspacepod at gmail.com. So I forget, what were we talking about that she was going to... The timeline. Yeah. So she died a while ago, and he becomes intent on trying to stop this death. Like, he goes... Like, it's October 1st when he finds out this information, so he heads over to Land's End, gets there four, uh, three days later. I don't know. He was taking a sweet time. Seems to be in Maine. Maybe he had to drive for a while. Yeah, so the guys are like, oh, if you look at that meter there, uh, you can tell. Not going to be having any problems with the weather. You know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah. I mean, this, we'll, we'll play with the film here. Let's let's talk about that. That's pretty cool. Because, like, this, it's a black and white movie. The whole thing has been black and white this entire time. And then he goes out on a boat. He's on a boat. No, okay, sorry. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he's sailing around looking looking for Jenny anywhere he can near this near where the, the lighthouse is. And we're looking at the clouds and all of a sudden the whole screen turns green. Yep. Like boom. Did he there enter? It is. He entered the vortex. Yep. The vortex. The vortex. Ish. And <laughs> the what 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 are the little Zardoz there? Yeah, it's just a, just a just a, a pinch of Zardoz. Excuse me, uh, I I didn't order any Zardoz on this. I'd like to send it back. I ordered <laughs> Outland. Joel Joel uh, put his hand up like that guy in the meme, and he sprinkled a little bit of floating Zardoz heads into the podcast. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we enter a, a a green time warp because he gets there, and all of a sudden there is a storm, and things are going crazy, and he almost dies because his boat gets smashed against the thing, and then he's like running up the lighthouse, going, "Jenny, Jenny, 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 Jenny." He does kind of run around the rocks for a little while, yeah. scampering, spir- spiral staircase, and he, he's got his little like sailor hat on. His little beanie. 
I enjoyed the shots. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. the way this whole thing was laid out, like the, the yeah. feeling of tension you're getting from him trying to find his love. And then he does, sp- he does spot her. Yep. On her boat. Which I think also crashes. <laughs> right? Perhaps. But they're reunited. It, they're reunited, but she already, it seems like she already knows that this is the end for her. Like, she's aware that this is where she's going to die. She's just so happy that she gets to see him one last time. She's talking about, like, it It doesn't matter if we die right now, because uh, we love each other, and that's life. Right? That's kind of what I got, too. Yeah. yeah. I kind of got that, 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 that they were like... These distant travelers always meeting each other and, and always always finding the same love over and over again. Right. I felt like I remembered another one somewhere in time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was thinking about that specifically. Because the old lady at the beginning of that movie is like, yeah. come find me again. Yeah. And, and then, then she walks off and dies. And then <laughs> I kind of thought of Groundhog Day, too. Just a little bit of like... Trying to catch oh, yeah. the love while you can, and it's <laughs> and, and it's this like passing moment that yeah. isn't gonna, you know, that you've got a sh- one shot at it, and then it's it's gone or whatever. Right. That ending scene bothered me a little bit because I felt like she he wasn't listening to her, and she wasn't listening to him. Right. <laughs> and I felt kind of like. Maybe they couldn't reconcile what was going to happen if it could happen, so it just kind of didn't. Yeah. And I and I feel like I like that it's mysterious and I like that it's open ended and you can think about it, but I also think that they kind of put themselves in a situation where there wasn't really a way to fix it without like having issues. Yeah. I had three different thoughts going on to how this could have ended. The first thought was that they were both going to die and that like it would change history. Like she, she did, she knew this artist and she loved him and and they both died together on the rocks. Like somebody was looking at the article, like next to the, uh, Mm -hmm. next to his painting, you know, that had actually been done 30 years ago or something like that. Or that he was actually going to be able to save her. And, like, history was changed that way. I mean, what actually happens is she, you know, she dies, he lets her go. And then uh, the world's biggest wave hits the lighthouse and he somehow survives, much to Aaron's chagrin. <laughs> and uh, no, we're just like, there's no way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the wave, like, if you look at the model, I mean, it, it was a model. But mm-hmm. if you look at the model, like, the wave was, like, already, like, right near the top of it. Yeah, the and top they were, of the like, lighthouse. They were, like, down, you know... They're already on the right jagged there. rocks. <laughs> yeah. And a little bit farther from, you know. Yeah. The way it was too huge. Well, he was wearing that, that black knit cap, and it kept all his brains oh, out okay. when, he, you know, when he smashed against the, That's the stones, it. obviously. That's it. Yeah. And my third thought was, it would be an interesting twist if it turned out that Jenny was a ghost who appeared to different people, like, and, like, relived this cycle over and over again. Yeah. I definitely thought about ghosts in the beginning, too. I could have seen that. That also would have been like a modern interpretation of this movie ending with another artist in a park and her walking up to that artist 
Or maybe, that. yeah, maybe some not cycle, even an cycle artist, repeating, maybe, maybe somebody or just else, some, yeah. someone else, yeah. yeah cycle maybe. repeating, yeah, just always inspiring somebody, inspiring them to their death, you know, through love or dun, friendship dun, dun. or both, inspiring them to their death. Yeah, she's just leading them to a lighthouse and they die. Maybe yeah. she's a muse and she's like, <laughs> yeah. a, and she's like an otherworldly character. I think that's what it is. I think that she's supposed to be like a muse. That, that's why I keep saying angel. A muse, absolutely. You know, he, she, she inspired him to do the work that obviously influenced. At the end, we see a book with his name on it, and it says his early paintings were. But this new print, his most famous work, was real good. And after that, he did some other good stuff. The moral is that if you, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved again, even if that love was completely in your head and you're a crazy person. Didn't think of the imaginary friend angle. But he, she could have been a figment of his imagination. Maybe the Fight Club angle. No, I was thinking more like Harvey the Rabbit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do like how how this movie kind of progressed from black and white to that green scene, to then kind of like a sepia tone. Oh yeah, after oh yeah, that it scene. went sepia after that. And then at the very end of the movie, the full color of the painting. And that's that is actually a that's very cool. fantastic reveal. Yeah, that was. Like, I awesome. quite enjoyed that. Although I didn't see the I, the sepia kind of threw me off. Well, I think it was supposed to be like like the, you're you're feeling like the emotional loss that he's going through. Also, he's awakened to like a new world. Experience. Like he woke like, up, but she's no longer there. All of a sudden, he's seen things with love in his heart. Yeah, it, it just I don't know. There was a little bit of a Wizard of Oz thing about it. Oh yeah. Like, with the green and the clouds and the lightning and stuff. Yeah. And then the sepia when he wakes up at the end. Yeah, um, and you were there. And you were there. No, I almost wondered if he was going to wake up and be old. Oh, oh yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, just like, <laughs> once again, it, it doesn't that happen in the... Uh, no, no, I was thinking... <laughs> I was thinking, like a Twilight Zone really episode funny. almost, was, you know? I was yeah. mixing up... Uh, would you say it was somewhere in time? Somewhere in time. Some, yeah. I was mixing up somewhere in time, and uh, Coco Chanel and Yvonne uh, Igor Stravinsky. Because at the very end, it shows them as like very old people. <laughs> and I was like, Wait a minute, that's not what happened. <laughs> now, that would have been. I mean, there's so many other places they could have taken it that it, it, it's actually kind of cool that way. And yeah. it also doesn't it doesn't take the time to explain why this happened, which I appreciate in any movie where they don't have to go like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. it turns out that he was there really yeah. was a girl. You just don't need to be spoon fed like every single yeah. detail. Yeah, leave some leave some deets for the for the audience to kind of come up with some speculation. Mm-hmm. Here's my fan theory. <laughs> Can't wait to read My your fan uh, theory on Portrait of Jenny. You, better, you best be putting that on IMDb pretty soon here. <laughs> it starts off with. <laughs> Is that your Doctor Who? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Sick. Okay, so everyone has turned off the podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Joel's speculative Doctor Who podcast. He doesn't actually say anything about it. He just sings the Doctor Who. <laughs> Join us next week when he does it again.
Doctor Who travels for love. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Who is a narcissist who picks up companions, gets them in danger. Eventually, they get stuck in some situation where they have to leave, or he has to leave them. He is just, he's a sick man. He's, he's more, a user. More complicated than that, he needs to be by himself. It's more complicated than that, Joel. He's constantly ruining people's lives. Think about that one, that one redhead lady and her, and her boyfriend who like, oh, we've been stuck in a time period now, and there's no way for you to come get us out, but uh, hey, thanks for the trip. Doctor Who spoilers. <laughs> But there have been many companions who I think loved him and he did not love them back necessarily or he loved them in his own alien way. Right. His own Time Lord way. <laughs> and then he had to go and, you know, do whatever, regenerate or go to a distant place. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. At the end of this, they could have had her looking out of the TARDIS at, at Joseph Cotton being rescued from the from the shore of the lighthouse. Being like, did we have to leave him that way? And uh So are we agreeing then that Jenny is the first female Doctor Who? Ooh. No, she's not a doctor. She's one of the companions. Come on. How does she get how does she get her own TARDIS? And that was a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. She's one of the companions. She's not a doctor. Her TARDIS is the scarf. That's obviously <laughs> Sylvester McCoy's scarf. Did he wear a scarf? Or, or perhaps, perhaps uh, Evan is the doctor then, and the painting is this TARDIS. Evan's just a, a schmuck artist. Yeah, he's, he's just not... a schmuck. You're right. <laughs> he's it's the a scarf. I'm going with the scarf. Okay. He's the doctor with amnesia. Yeah, he's, yeah I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Shay! I'm just making stuff up now. This is all good. Yeah, <laughs> this is all great Who fiction. All right, we're losing Fan our fiction. minds here. It's very late. So I, I'm so uh, happy right I now. I like this movie. Did, I, what, did you guys feel yeah, about it? Yeah, no, you know, um, I felt parts of it were a bit a bit too long, and as yeah. far as Jenny's like history is concerned, or uh, maybe some of his... Some of his dialogue with some of his buddies, his moping was getting a little like his voiceover moping thing. I felt did drag it out. It was a little bit, but I have to say that um, there were parts that were nice. There were parts that were fun, and it was kind of nice to have a story where, like, you know, it's just about love. That was awesome because most of the time we're watching movies about super creepazoids and yeah and so it was nice refreshing. it was nice it was nice and refreshing we all walk the wiggly oh. wobbly walk he went there oh sorry he went there um i oh man there was another thought that crossed my mind about a painting and that a painting immortalizes something like that art immortalizes something like dorian gray that's transitory and that she's like the painting right. that like she's like an image stuck in time in this one particular you know a few different places yeah that is there and that's immortal wow i don't know yeah no that's good that Amazing, Sarah. Amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Amazing. Did you like the movie, though? I did. I did like it. And um, 
only other note I had was that the the dreamiest girls in the 40s definitely ice skated. <laughs> it seems to me that everybody ice Yeah, right? I mean, Doesn't it seem- <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm just going to go out there. And he just all of a sudden is ice skating himself. Like, where'd you get those skates, man? <laughs> yeah, he, know, he knows what's, how to ice skate. Yeah. It's just something you do. Let's you know, see. there just wasn't much. I mean, you could go see like a nice Disney cartoon as featured oh, yeah, yeah. in this. That this was film, neat. you know, but like old man. Uh, old I'm man sure feet. there's only one cartoon a week, you know, or a month. You know, you're gonna have to do other stuff like Let's ice skate. I've already seen Steam Steamboat Willie, Willie like seventeen times. Seventeen times, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. That was cool, though. I like. I I wouldn't have expected that in a million years to just suddenly see a classic <laughs> classic Mickey Mouse short in the background of a movie. Like, Me oh, neither. It's, just a thing. it's like, but I would. I would like. It would have made more sense in my brain if it was a newsreel or something like that. It's like, no, no, that's literally Mickey Mouse and Minnie. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah, the the conversation where they were having about past lives, possibly and reincarnation, mm-hmm. things of that nature. It reminded me of uh, of uh, DC's Hawkman and Hawkgirl, how they're always trying to like. Rope it together. They've been like lovers throughout time, forever mm-hmm. together, but also never to be together. That's right. That's right. Torn apart. Yep. Yes. In brightest day, they bring him back to life, and then they immediately kill one of them. Right. Yep. That's screwed up. Yeah, it's messed. It's like, oh, we can finally be together, and the white ring's like, no, that's not the way it works. <laughs> oh my god. So it reminded me a little bit of that too. Yeah. This movie. And then somebody was like, let's reboot Hawkman for the 70,000th time. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the only other note I had was that they kept doing this thing with the with the filter to make it look... I, I guess it was supposed to make it look like a painting. It, it looked more like a... Um, what do you call that? A... The sewing you do when you're you're making a specific image, like in, it's like in a circle... Like embroidery or yeah, cross yeah. stri- yeah, stitch? Yeah, it looked yeah. like a cross stitch, and you know it's a, it's a neat effect. Yeah, it, you know they they did it a couple of times, and then they they just abandoned it at some point. Yeah. I felt like they were just taking a screen door and putting it in front of the camera. <laughs> there was this one moment too where you were like, "That looks like a painting," and it totally looked like the cover of Death of a Salesman to me. Oh yeah. yeah. There were probably images that looked like paintings in this movie. Yeah. I mean, there were really, it was, it was pretty. It was filmed really well and I really liked the visuals. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and say I'll probably watch this again at some point. Yeah. Kind of want to, yeah. I'm going to ask my mom. She's seen it. Ask your granny. I'll ask. Sounds good. I'll ask around. All right. Let's wrap this up before we go into a coma. Coma of Love. I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys tell me a lesson that you learned from the movie Portrait of Jenny from 1948. Hey, listener, it's me, Joel. Hey, guys, if you got a suggestion or comment, I need you to send that in to please don't podcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash P-D-S-M-I-O-S. Is this your uh, folk singer voice? Nah, man. Maybe. (laughs) 
Or you can reach us on Twitter at Twitter at, uh, at Outer Space Pod is our Twitter handle. And uh, we were talking about this earlier. Instagram is at PDSMIOS Podcast. Podcast, right? And if you uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star or written rating. That is a big help to us to get other people to listen. We'd like to get people to hear us talk about things that are, you know, you know what? I'm tired. I'm just going to skip past this part. Uh, <laughs> I'm Joel, it. okay, you are man. so tired. It's yeah. Okay. Much love, Joel. Keep if the, you keep like the fire our show, going. you can check out our audio network, uh, our network podcast network at a eartrumpetaudio.com. And if you got a few bucks to toss our way, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash eartrumpet. Okay. 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 Yep. Good. You're Sarah? doing it. You're doing it. Aaron? I'm so tired. What did you learn? Oh. A portrait of Jenny. Like I, I need a real life lesson here. I need okay. something. I need okay. something. Um, it's okay. I'm going first. You guys think of something. I'm just gonna get my lesson over. My lesson is that if a strange man comes up to you in the park, tell someone. Tell an adult. <laughs> Especially if you're a young lady. I don't care danger. if he's a very charming, nice looking man who doesn't say anything creepy. Eventually, he's gonna ask to go to your home, and that's a problem. I don't yet, unless you're like some sort of time traveling wizard witch. She was a witch, right? I don't know. Maybe she was like a siren trying to throw him into the crashing waves to die. That's definitely what happened, yeah. That would have been another twist. But that would have gone along with the, like, getting other victims afterwards. Mm, true. Like, oh, true. he died on that rock. We don't know what he was doing. And then, like, somebody else sees her in the park. There were too many people that were still alive that knew her. She's not a siren. I gotta figure it out, Shane. Man, what did I learn? I learned, uh... This is a movie, uh... It's a good movie. Yeah. That's, that's what, what you I learned. learned. That's what I learned. You learned that black and white movies sometimes have color parts. That's right. Not just Wizard of Oz. I can go first. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I just forgot it. Oh, it's okay. You know what? This is we can't do this. We can't get lessons. No, 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 no. We can do it. Okay. The first thing that occurred to me was everyone ice skates, especially <laughs> back then. And uh, the other thing that occurred to me was you need to paint what you're inspired by. And hang hang on to the image in your mind, and and let it let it affect you. Mm-hmm. If it feels right, do it. No, that's not what she said. <laughs> oh. That was an interesting lesson, Joel. What? <laughs> it's an interesting interpretation of Sarah's that's, lesson. Uh, yes, uh, I learned a couple things. Okay, tell me. I learned um, these aren't lessons; they're just things I learned. These are observations. Okay. Uh, Jenny's friend Emmy was mad at her uh, at some point in this movie. We don't, really we, we, we don't see Emmy. Yeah, it just happened. Not, no, Observation. Mm-hmm. And so she slapped her. Oh, yeah, she slapped her. She somebody. slapped her. So did you learn that sometimes your friend needs a good slap? 
There you go. Okay. If your friend's mad, slap him. Okay. Or even the girl of your dreams might be the kind of person who slaps someone in the face sometimes. Hey, sometimes we all slap somebody in the face. <laughs> I also learned that if you're an old, timely gentleman who is running a, I'm assuming, a, some sort of penny, penny, uh, what are they called? Some sort of masseuse? No. no. You're, like, you're a pub? talking about the theater, right? Yeah, the theater. Oh, oh yes. What's the name of an old, timely theater, though? Nickelodeon. Yeah, nickel. That's right, a nickel a show. That sometimes even your old timely mustache might try to fall off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not sure if that, I'm not sure if that actually was going on or if that just looked. I mean, it certainly looked, it looked like his look, mustache was about, to, about fall to fall off. off. Man, that's good enough. Hey, you know what? That's we'll my s- lesson. I'm tired. Hey, <laughs> if you haven't already stopped listening, we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> bye. Thanks. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.